0: Hi everyone, we're conducting an audience survey, and we'd be really grateful if you could take just a few minutes and answer a few questions. Please visit survey.prx.org happiness to take the survey today. That's survey.prx.org happiness. Thank you. The Science of Happiness is brought to you by Progressive, one of the country's leading providers of auto insurance. With Progressive's Name Your Price tool, you say what kind of coverage you're looking for and how much you want to pay, and Progressive will help you find options that fit within your budget. Use the Name Your Price tool and start an online quote today at Progressive.com. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: When my husband Brad and I got married, right afterwards, he went and lived on the road for a year because he's a news reporter and he was covering the election. We had a plan that when he was done covering the election, we were gonna go on a big trip together to sort of reunite, just get some alone time together, reconnect, and it was gonna be amazing. We decided to go to Argentina because that was a dream of both of ours. Brad got very into researching and planning and he was so amped on this trip I was like, all right, great, like, run with it, dude. And I sort of sat back and let him plan everything, and every time he talked about a leg of the trip he wanted to plan, I'd be like, sure, sure, let's do it. Everything sounds awesome. I didn't really think about it much. When we got on the very long flight, I was like, so what are we actually doing? And he was like, we're gonna go to this remote location and hike with, like, a group of people forever, and then that location and hike on a glacier with a group of people forever. And I was like, oh my gosh, so we're going on like group hikes with strangers. I thought we were going to be chilling in like a warm city. And I basically had a huge sort of blamey panic attack on our flight and just freaked out. And I was like, I feel like I'm trapped. I hate this. I hate you. I never wanted to go on this trip. Why are you doing this to me? Now I'm stuck going on hikes with strangers and I'd rather die. And this is not relaxing or about connecting at all. I was really harsh. I mean, it got to the point where I was suggesting ending our marriage.
0: That was Jolenta Greenberg, one of our guests today. In every episode, we have a happiness guinea pig try out a research-tested practice that is designed to boost happiness, resilience, kindness, or connection. And today we'll have double the insights because we have two guinea pigs. It's a delight to welcome Jolenta Greenberg and Kristen Meinzer to our show today. They're the hosts of the really illuminating and entertaining podcast, By the Book. Jolenta and Kristen, thanks for being here.
2: Oh, so glad to be here. I'm Kristen, by the way, the one with the Minnesota accent. That's me.
1: This is Jolenta. I have the California vocal fry.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: thanks for having us, Dr. K. Yeah, Dr. K. <laughs> oh, is that okay if I call you that? Sorry, I didn't even ask.
0: I'm glad I'm elevating to Dr. K. So, <laughs> so tell us about your podcast.
1: Well, we are friends that live by self-help books to the letter for two (laughs) weeks at a time. We report back on whether or not the books have changed our lives or made us miserable or tortured our spouses. So we're basically a a self-help meets reality show podcast.
0: Awesome. I've been waiting for this. Just out of curiosity, can either of you tell me about like the first self-help book that changed a small piece of your life?
1: (sighs) Oh. So many. <laughs> I still just really love The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Yeah. I hated that book. I
0: Really? It's just I have to tell you this. My daughter, Serafina, she heard about this book and kind of tracked it. And she taught me this idea of like you look at anything in your life and if it doesn't bring you joy, you can give it away. And that changed my life. Right? I, mean, I know.
2: Philosophically, it seems like a great idea until you get to part two of the book where you have to live the KonMari lifestyle, which uh, yes, I still like it. The KonMari lifestyle is everything has a spot and you can't see what that spot is. You want to wash your hands? Too bad there's no soap on the counter because that looks like it's a mess. So soap is actually in the cupboard and you can find it after you wash your hands.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. A little criticism. So how, how's doing the show I mean, it's such an interesting experiment where you publicly engage in this industry of the self-help books and all that they offer. How's it changed you guys?
2: Well, I have to say, I think I went in so pragmatic. I went in as more of the critic. But (laughs) I'm really surprised because I think that working on this show has actually made me a lot more not just tolerant, but to have a great deal of empathy for people who seek out these books. In the past, it was easy for me to write them off as, oh, you're naive. You think that six steps of A, B, and C are going to change your life. And the more we live by these books, the more I just think, oh, my gosh, it's tough when you're in a situation and you can't quite put the finger on what's not right. And living by these books has really just, it's helped me to become, I think, a kinder person.
1: I feel like it's helped me get a firmer idea of what I believe. You know, I'm sort of the person who always goes into these self-help books being like, yes, tell me how to live. Tell me every rule of life and the universe. (laughs) And, you know, and that works when you when you're reading, you know, one self-help book every few years. But when you consume so many the way we do now, it's Uh really sort of taught me like, oh, like my you know hair will always bristle at that idea or this is not how I see forgiveness at all. And it's sort of helped (laughs) me. firm up my own beliefs in a
0: weird way. So what's an ideal that you consistently bristle at in these books?
1: I think a lot of these books seem to really enjoy breezing past ugliness in humanity. Yeah. When, like, things are just bad, when society is dictating rules that you can't control that hold you down. And it's all about, you know, you make your own happiness and you, if you believe it, you're happy. I do just don't believe that i believe there are instances where if you force yourself to forgive someone like you'll be unburdened where it's like you can't forgive systemic racism or sexism yeah. and there's only so much power you have over your life and over your perspective. And you can definitely look on the bright side. Yeah. But there are things that I think you don't need to plaster over with a smile and you can see as, as, you know, a negative influence on the world and maybe work to change it instead of pretending you don't see it or not acknowledging it because it doesn't serve you personally.
0: You know, it's interesting. You say that after years of teaching human happiness at Berkeley, I've moved a passion for justice into one of the passions that we have to cultivate in the meaningful life because of the concerns that you're raising, which is, you know, when it's hard to express gratitude if you have biases in the criminal justice system. So it's good to hear you say that. You know, I I want to applaud you guys. And we're going to move to the practice that you both chose, which is to make an effective apology. This always catches people off guard a little. Like, wow, (laughs) happiness involves guilt and saying you're sorry. Why do you guys choose making an apology?
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, I I think I don't know if I speak for you, but I feel like I never need to apologize (laughs) for the most part. So it would probably be a good thing for me to maybe look at if if my knee jerk reaction is like, well, I never need to apologize. (laughs) And I, on the
2: other hand, I've worked very hard over the years to stop apologizing every 30 seconds. Part of that's just, you know, the polite upper Midwest thing to do. Oh, sorry. Apologizing for all sorts of things, whether it has to do with like what food is on your plate or I accidentally (laughs) tripped over your shoe. Oh, I'm sorry. I tripped over your shoe. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I think that women in particular are also just we're taught Mm -hmm. to apologize a lot. And so it appealed to me to maybe possibly put a different spin on the apology.
0: Yeah. You know, I teach people, in particular women who are rising in leadership positions. And one of the subtleties is to figure out the right forms of apology and modesty that aren't disempowering. Mm. So there's a a real challenge there. Tell us about the steps of making apologies. How do you walk through it?
2: So you sent along the steps of an effective apology, beginning with acknowledge the offense, provide an explanation, express remorse, and make amends. So, well, in my instance, Dean, my wonderful husband who just loves to cook, and last year, he really wanted Santa to bring him an instant pot. That's like a pressure Uh. cooker, slow cooker combo. He has used it every single day. and he loves
0: I'm hearing about this thing pot.
2: He just loves it. He makes everything in the pot, everything from like pulled chicken to stews, everything else you can think of.
0: What's your it, favorite dish that he makes in the pot?
2: Oh my gosh. He made a really great chili the other night. but while wow. making that chili, I okay, so this is what happened. <laughs> he was making the chili. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was helping out in the kitchen and I grabbed the <laughs> lid from the instapot. And I put it on the skillet on the stove that was turned on high. Now, a lid of an Instapot is made out of plastic. And it's a special sealing top with a rubber ring and a lot of other special parts. And when you put it on a stove and it starts to melt and then the smoke alarms go off and all of those (laughs) things happen, your Instapot lid no longer functions and neither does your Instapot ever again. That Um, must
0: have been a very sad moment.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. It was so sad. It was his favorite
0: toy so do you mind if we listen in on your apology and see how these steps of the apology go?
2: Oh, go for it. Yeah, let's do it. All
0: right. Let's listen in. Hey, this
2: is Dean. Dean, it's Kristen Meinzer, your wife.
0: Hey, honey. How are you? Hi, honey.
2: I want to apologize about last night. I'm so, so, so sorry about putting your Instapot lid on the skillet on the stove. I'm sorry for melting it. I know it was a dumb mistake and I shouldn't have done that. I should have been paying more attention.
0: Oh, it's okay, hon. It was just an accident.
2: But I feel just horrible about it and I won't do it again. And I want you to know that I've done everything I can to make amends. I um, went to the basement where the old neighbor left their Instapot and I found that what they had was actually not an Instapot and it was dented, but I still brought it home anyway for you this morning. And I put out a notification on my Instapot Facebook community and thanks to their feedback, I found out that Instapot actually just sells the lids themselves. So I ordered one for you and it will hopefully arrive in the next week and a half.
0: Um, it, hon, It's just fine. I, you know what? You've been nothing but, uh, you know, really sorry and apologetic about it ever since it happened, but it was just an accident. These things happen. I
2: know. Um,
0: and,
1: uh, You've done more than enough to uh to to make
0: up for it or replace it or whatever, it's uh it's gonna be great. I mean, you really are however gonna be super sorry. Soup We can't make any soup.
2: <laughs> You're just the best yeah. husband ever.
0: Man. <laughs>
2: Jolenta is rolling her eyes. Like Jolenta so is sweet. so mad right now. She's like, "That was so saccharine. I want to
1: punch somebody."
0: Now, Jolenta, mm-hmm. you were rolling your eyes.
1: No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they're just so sweet. I'm both jealous and in disbelief. <laughs>
0: I bet a lot of our listeners are like, what is going on in that marriage? I want like, that. I promise
1: they're not putting it on for, for the microphones. I get, like, they, that is what they are like, though. They are just very expressive, very sweet people.
0: So, Jolenta, we're not trying to set you up, but you also tried making an effective apology to your husband for that trip to Argentina that we heard about at the beginning of the show. It's a little different than the Instant Pot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. not as adorable. <laughs> so let's listen in, see how it goes. You ready? Yes. Okay.
1: Brad. I'm scared. I'm scared, too. (laughs) I don't know why I need to laugh. Let me just take one sip of wine. It's a big sip. I know. Okay. Brad. I definitely messed up with the Argentina trip. I'm sorry I didn't do any research or planning Uh, and I'm sorry I said everything sounded fine without knowing if I meant it or not. And I definitely misled you and misleading people is not okay. But I promise that I only did it because I was trying to make you happy. And, uh, you know, once plans were set and I felt trapped by meeting all of your needs instead of checking in with any of mine, I I exploded. And I'm disappointed in myself for not being able to say how I felt in the moment and waiting until how I felt, like, overwhelmed the moment. So I want you to know that I promise I'm working very hard on to not... Just blindly agree and let resentment build up so it explodes like I want to stop doing that and I am really trying to get better at that because I know it's a problem I have and if it's okay with you I want to also start planning things for us together that maybe aren't something that you would pick on your own or I would pick on my own but like something that works for our dynamic as a couple. How was that apology? That was really nice. Was it really? That was really nice to hear. Really? Yeah. When you said, when you said you misled me, that was really powerful just to hear you label it like that and say, like, I understand that that's what I did yeah. to you, Even though I know I, I know it wasn't yeah. like wasn't something you did maliciously, and it wasn't something you did in a vacuum. Yeah, it wasn't like, like lying to like. I
0: understand that I did a lot. Fuck you over wrong, or anything. But but like bottom line is like that's how I felt, and that's because that's how you felt. Like you probably handled it. Hmm. Um.
1: So that was really nice to hear, and then for you to say that you have like a way
0: to try to make it better is really nice to hear so yeah that's like that's a (laughs) kick-ass (laughs) apology Wow, Jalanta, you know, we're going to have to rewrite our instructions, and step one has to be have a big gulp of wine.
1: Yeah, that was the first step for real, wasn't it? <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> that was really nice. I First of all, you have wonderful husbands. They're really... I, They're I good sports, yeah. Yeah, so appreciate it. What was that like for you, Jolenta?
1: It was hard. I realized the hardest part for me, and, and the, a part that definitely stood out to Brad, my husband, was just the acknowledgement coming first. I yeah. like to skip, right, to you know explaining why I did what I did or just trying to make amends and offer you know an alternative or something we can do next time without just naming the situation and what I did that hurt the other person as opposed to yeah. just trying to fix it.
0: I think that acknowledgement is often the hardest step in the apology is just to say, hey, I hurt your feelings or whatever the case may be. You could hear at the end of your conversation just this nice... Reuniting and loving emotional tone, did it have some enduring effects for you? Oh, as totally. Well,
1: yeah. I think like I'm I'm obsessed with this apology method, I guess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And
1: afterwards, Aww. Brad asked me to send him the link and he, he was like, well, I'll apologize to you about something. And like it was a nice moment where also I think both of us are very stubborn, opinionated people sometimes and we think of giving an apology as admitting to losing. And exactly. I think this really helped us reframe and enjoy the process of, you know, you can explain your intent without calling the other person wrong or, you know, blaming them for misunderstanding and and it can be a productive experience that doesn't feel like taking a loss at all.
0: Yeah. I think that's such an important frame that often we look at some of these things like forgiveness and expressing kindness or apologizing as forms of weakness. But Mm -hmm. as we heard in your examples, they're actually forms of strength, which is really striking. So, Kristen, how is doing this step-by-step approach to making an apology different from more ordinary kinds of apologies?
2: Well, it made it feel much more like it was a real process that could have real outcomes versus something uh-huh. that, I mean, normally Dean also apologizes quite a bit, I have to point out. I apologize a lot. He apologizes a lot. And I'm not sure if it's because he's from New Zealand and I'm from Minnesota, but I think both cultures love apologizing. So
0: yeah. we apologize
2: <laughs> all the time anyway, but I think that there was something about going through these steps that made it feel like different than how we normally do things. It added some weight to it, if that makes sense. Sure. Rather than just being what we naturally reflexively do in the moment.
0: Yeah, more than just a culturally-based language practice and more of a real intentionally-produced act.
2: Yeah, with very, very intentional attempts at trying to fix the situation as well. As I said earlier, I think women are told to apologize a lot and that we should not do it so much. But I don't see apologizing as a way of giving up. I see it as a way of getting closer to your partner. It's a way of saying, I don't want to hurt you, and I know I probably did, and I feel horrible about it. And that's an act of kindness. It's not an act of giving up.
0: WONDERFULLY PUT. Well, Jolenta and Kristen, I wanted to thank you for sharing your voices and sharing your apologies and sharing your husbands, only in this, <laughs> this uh, digital way, and and uh, for all the good work you do on your podcast, By the Book. It's been just a delight to have you here.
2: Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. It was
1: lovely.
0: Coming up next, we'll talk about the science behind what goes into making an effective apology. Hiring the right team for your business can be a long and arduous process. With Indeed, there are no long-term contracts. You can pause your account at any time, and you only pay for what you need. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates with Indeed Instant Match. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to help show you great candidates instantly. Want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed. Right now, our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com/happiness. This is Indeed's best offer available anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com/happiness. Indeed.com/happiness offer valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Where can you shop luxury brands like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, and Rolex for up to 90% off retail? The Real Real. It's a trusted source for authenticated luxury consignment. Discover everything from women's and men's luxury fashion and accessories to fine jewelry, watches, art, and home decor. It's all authenticated by a team overseen by luxury experts. If you're in Chicago, LA, New York, or San Francisco, stop by one of the Real Real stores. Take advantage of curbside pickup and more in store services like expert repairs and personal styling. Or shop online at therealreal.com and download the app for exclusive features. It's the sustainable way to shop for luxury. Get 20% off select items with the code REAL, plus new shoppers get $25 off their first purchase. Visit therealreal.com and shop all your favorite luxury brands today. So there's a lot that we can learn from Kristen and Jalenta's stories. So no matter how in love we are in our relationships, how hard we work at them, or how close we feel, Part of intimate life is, is having conflict and occasionally hurting people. You know, we're going to ruin an instapot or a vacation or say something that might hurt somebody's feelings. And one of the really important things we can do to maintain the quality of intimate bonds is to, to say we're sorry, to make effective apologies. But of course, that's easier said than done. We've all given or received apologies that feel insincere, they fall flat, and even sometimes they make people feel resentful. And that's why it's so important to look at how researchers think about the subtleties of what makes for a really effective apology. One of those researchers is Beth Poland, a professor at Eastern Kentucky University.
3: We found that there are really six components to an effective apology. First, an expression of regret. The second is an explanation, just a statement for which the reasons for the offenses are described to the victim. The third is an acknowledgment of responsibility. The fourth is a statement in which the violator expresses their promise not to repeat the offense. Fifth is an offer of repair. And the sixth is a request for forgiveness.
0: Poland and her colleagues recruited hundreds of participants for their study, and they had those participants read a short fictional story in which an accountant apologized to a client for botching the tax return. But there were many different versions of the story with different kinds of apologies.
3: So some participants only saw one component, meaning they only saw the expression of regret, or they only saw the acknowledgement of responsibility. Other participants saw groups of three, and then some participants saw an apology with all six components. We ask people how effective was this apology, how credible was it, how adequate was it at repairing trust? If you can get all six components into an apology, that will be a much more effective apology than only including three components or only including one component. If you're in a situation where you cannot include all six components, we found that the acknowledgement of responsibility is greatly important to a victim who's had trust broken. We care about getting that statement that demonstrates the person understood that they did something wrong, We've, unfortunately, all experienced that moment where we've had someone apologize to us and say, I'm sorry you feel that way. Those sorts of apologies almost come across as offensive. I mean, the I'm sorry is in there, that expression of regret is in there, but the acknowledgement of responsibility is missing. If anything, we are making a specific attempt to not take responsibility for a situation. And that does not sit well with people who are on the receiving end of apologies. So if you can only make one statement, make it be some kind of acknowledgement of responsibility. Apologizing is not always easy. Having to express regret, having to acknowledge responsibility, that can be painful. We also know though that not offering an apology can lead to greater problems that are much more difficult to deal with than working your way through an apology. Offering what we term to be an effective apology is much simpler than having to address a failed personal relationship, a failed business relationship, because we just did not want to work through the awkward moments of apologizing.
0: If you would like to try the Making an Effective Apology practice or others like it, visit our website at ggia.berkeley.edu And then call us at 510-519-4903 to let us know how it went. I'm Dacher Keltner. Thanks for joining me for the Science of Happiness. Our podcast is a co-production of UC Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center and PRI, with production assistance from Jenny Cataldo and Ben Manila of BMP Audio. Our executive producer is Jane Park. Production assistant is Lee Mengistu. Editor-in-chief of the Greater Good Science Center is Jason Marsh. Special thanks to UC Berkeley's Graduate School of Journalism. You can learn more about the science of happiness and find related articles, videos, quizzes, all kinds of stuff on our website, greatergood.berkeley.edu. And shoot us an email. Tell us what you think about what you heard. Send it to greater at berkeley.edu.